Welcome to Art Root Radio, and I'm your host, artist Michelle Lockery. It's 2023, and um, I can't even believe how much time has passed since the pandemic and the whole world being turned upside down. And I'm sitting here um, in my studio, in my podcast studio, looking to what what's going to happen in the future, what, you know, what's the future for my grandchildren. And I'm feeling really, really reflective. And when I look at the murals and I look at the past, it's absolutely amazing to watch the stories that were told in the paint kind of unfold into the future. So yes, I'm welcoming you to Art Root Radio, and I'm welcoming you to climb up my scaffolding and all of the same things that I do on Art Root Radio. But today I'd like you to kind of sit back, pour a tea, and imagine instead of being on scaffolding in the city, I want you to be sitting kind of with me at my table, or I guess it's a table, it's kind of like a desk, and um, in front of me is a book. And it's a book that was created with many partners in mind. Um, yeah, of course, always the youth and the communities, the government for funding, which is an opportunity for them as well, you know, that is our money. So partnering with um, government is just helping share and spend our money to build our infrastructure. So that's one of the things I'm very passionate about is that the arts for a very long time, since the beginning of time, have built communities. So for me, it's, you know, you get grants to give back to the people and the people have to tell the stories. And I think that's what being a wayfinder is. We are all wayfinders in our souls, right? You know, there's there's movies and cartoons and you know, being a wayfinder and finding a compass has been something that makes us human. We've all traveled all these routes and paths and highways and trails. And being a wayfinder is sometimes just what we all do is try to find our way on stairs that can be slippery and paths that are rocky. My path definitely was to be in the non-academic path. Um, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. When I do my history, my family history, which is something I've been doing lately, there has been many, many, many entrepreneurs. My aunt was one of the first dairy herders when she came to Canada. I look at um, my family coming from all these countries, some as refugees, some that have just been escaping absolute terrorism historically, some that came for a brave new world, but each one of them a pathfinder, a wayfinder. So I guess I've been blessed to have this natural wayfinding ability. You know, education is a wonderful thing and it's a great business and many people have learned great things, but the very root of it all is in creation. You can't write or teach something that hasn't been created. A book is art. Art is art. So staring in front of my little eyeballs here right now is a book. It was done when I had almost been awarded a very large contract to paint story wayfinding murals across the province. And that would have hopefully gone across Canada. I was partnered with Route 66, which I still am, as I'm quite um, proud to say and speak well and often of that partnership. <laughs> 
But what this book is, was um, my first campaign book. So we had received the funding and we were all excited. So we need a very professional marketing package. So I have this picture and it's of my hand and I'm painting a giant eyeball. And the photographer at the time was from Vancouver. It was an amazing company that um, we hired. Yeah, so the, the photographer showed up at my house. The company was called Hyphen. And um, I felt very proudful when David took pictures of me on my farm. And we took all of the containers of paint and we put them out on my patio. And he said, paint something. So I was in my pigtails, as I always am. And I have this yellow sweatshirt because I just love yellow. And I started to pick, you know, the golds and the greens and the emeralds. And he snapped pictures. And it's it's a really interesting shot. And then we talked about a logo. And I had a charity at the time called Lockery Mural Artworks Foundation. And we presented what was called the Wayfinder Project. Now you're going to hear me turn the pages. And that's important because the book is such a well done, has the finest paper and the most beautiful colors. And when you open it up, it says, her brush strokes tell stories, big, bold stories. Wayfinding signage is, you know, wayfinding signage is what you see when you see the hospital signs or you see go to this park. You see that signage and it's very governmental, very institutional. Murals are something that have been wayfinding things since the beginning of time. Like cave drawings were wayfinding drawings so that you can find your way back through, you know, like... I guess tying a ribbon on a tree or the crumbs from the gingerbread house. You know, you leave things so that your eyes, if you're a visual learner or a visual explorer, can see that way. It's very well known, I hear nothing. I always um, laugh, go, I didn't hear you because I can't hold information in my ears. Now, that's because I'm always so busy talking, but I can't help it. I'm made that way and some of my biggest talents are because of that and you know I'm really working hard to stop apologizing for that because visually I need visual learning and I need to paint and I need to see where I'm going you could put numbers on the street and I'm just I just get a huge anxiety attack if I have to look for numbers but if you say to me look for the big purple wall that's next to that big sign well I'm fine you know, if it says, see that really tall tree, remember that. And I remember those points. So I think naturally I must have been a cave painter or an architect or an architect, as I like to say, since I was, you know, my ancestors could uh, do what my ancestors did. The thing about my Wayfinder murals, and I call them my, but I don't mean mine, are that each splash of color is a line and a story about the community I work in. Communities that are smaller than the world around them, yet filled with people and history as large as life as anywhere in the world. Using streets, buildings, and alleys as my canvas, I was lucky enough to transform local stories, legends, and characters into magnificent, larger-than-life tableaus. The painter raises her brush, and the story begins. Wow, that's a beautiful thing written. And the people that I worked with, and um, one of my best mentors ever was a woman named, is a woman named Jennifer Conkey. She was my lawyer at the time, and I met her through some very interesting circumstances. And she taught me so much about professionalism 
and she believed in me. And um, she taught me that um, as an artist, sometimes you could be a dolphin swimming with sharks. And she was so protective of me and so powerful. I just, she's retired now and I fondly think of her so often. The Wayfinder Project wanted to invite and has invited everyone to participate in the creation of this project. It wasn't one person's story. It's it's my story, but it's everybody who's touched the wall stories. And it's interesting because no matter where I went around the world and you'd enter the community, there was common threads of what was in museums. But then once you started the action of art, the untold and the unseen came to life. When I think of my murals now, as time is passing, and although they have held up incredibly, I'm so proud of um, the best practices that were taught to me and our, or we all figured out, or maybe it was just all that coffee and sugar that maintained that paint. And of course, the quality of the paint was always, you know, we hyperpigmented it or we did so many coats because we just wanted these to last so long. But as they fade and those stories fade, the thing that was most important about those walls is fading. And that's the story of the creation of those walls. You can look at the heritage, you can look at the trains, you can look at what we were allowed to paint at the time. And hours and hours and days and weeks were spent trying to figure out, you know, what images should go that represented everyone. And it was a different time then, just like you know, war murals from the Korean War were what was acceptable then and what's acceptable now. But history just keeps repeating. So we had to work so hard to get any mural up, to convince any business owner that colorful images was better than beige paint. And I would have to say, there's no difference between the coat of beige and the coat of many colors. They're both repairable. They're both. The only difference is that wall tells a story, becomes a Wayfinder project, becomes iconic, and we can create jobs and engage those that don't feel attached to their communities. Well, that's kind of um, a scary kind of concept to people that might think, you know, that, and there are, there's infrastructures and there's things and safety and WCB and all of those things. And I'm very blessed to have come from a resource town where that's kind of how you were raised. You know, you chopped wood at a very young age because that's what you had to do because my house was heated with wood and coal. So safety through working with your hands on the trades is what I was raised on. I, um, entrepreneurs and tradespeople and miners, you know, community developers, everybody did a chore. Like my mother would be in her beautiful teal outfit chopping wood. There's a great story of her chopping the tip of her thumb off on the way to go to her administration back in the day secretary job with her French roll, her orange lipstick, her thumb tip in a band-aid as she's, you know, trying to get her car to start. And I can remember being about four years old watching this woman going, wow, you know, and that's, you know, and she had put the laundry out on a line because she didn't have a dryer and it was cold. I come from this stock of people that knew how to work and survive. Very things that I think I got to transfer to all of the youth because the youth that came 
to the walls. Well, they didn't have either the financial ability, the parental support, the tools to go through to the education system or to the very systems that are supposed to be in place. And so they would be without a bridge. So when I look at the Wayfinder project, it actually just became a bridge. It's kind of an interesting thing. Page four of this book says, it is a bold initiative that will touch communities across the West, where world-renowned artist Michelle Lockery will apply her unique talent for involving youth having little or no direction in their lives and giving them a sense of purpose and belonging. It is an opportunity to invest as a corporate sponsor, together with funding from our municipal, provincial and federal governments, forming a lasting legacy forever associating your name or corporate identity with all the positive influence that a Wayfinder project now prepares to bring into the hearts of communities across the West. We had plans to push um, artist stories. There's designs that we did to try to, to draw attention to the residential school story. That was years, decades ago. The stories that come when you work on the streets and communities are the authentic stories from the people. And they come and they lay them at the feet of the wall. The pain of not belonging, the pain of um, social stories that'll break your heart, um, all of that not belonging sort of lives between the wall and the viewer on the sidewalks. And you'll go to work one day and photos would show up and clothing. The walls became like a time travel doorway or a window that let people somehow just touch that wall and feel connected and also feel a sense of return. I always say, and as I'm on page five and you hear me, oh, and if you could see this beautiful colored book, I'll put a post um, on the podcast for anybody who's interested in seeing it. My murals are about people having an effect on their cities, taking responsibility for their visual and physical environment, leaving records of their lives and concerns, and in the process, transforming their neighborhoods, making inspiring artists out of the youth and out of our communities. Michelle Lockery. The project in Vernon won a huge um, British Columbia Achievement Award. It was such a proudful time for me. And it, it, the BC Achievement Award is such a spectacular award because it lets people who don't otherwise have an alumni or a place for that recognition to have community recognition. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful award. And I've nominated many people after because it's just, it gives people that step to feel and maybe to be recognized in this divide between academia and entrepreneurness. Is that a good word? Entrepreneurness? I like that. It's a sense of being an entrepreneur, but not knowing maybe you are. I'm sitting here and I'm just kind of looking at this and I'm going, well, if there's been hundreds of communities around the world who've copied this, and there really has, and thousands of youth, and all the funding when at this time it would have been 2005, it started, this went to 2010 to get the major funding. I never put the dream down. I designed this plan in 1995. Went to Vernon and I said, okay, we're going to connect. And we painted all around the Okanagan and all around BC and in Alberta. And then it went global. 
So I never, never really got paid the big bucks to do the project, but the project happened. And the residuals from that were other projects that were the same. And now murals are just what I saw. And so many muralists have come and so many youth have grown. And I'm so proud of the youth that learned on the wall that are now, you know, carrying on that torch. And if you could really look, there's far more to Michelle's murals than what lies on the surface. That's because the real story goes far deeper, reaching out and touching the lives of everyone in the community. Michelle draws from the community, and in particular, Aboriginal and at-risk youth. Now, Aboriginal and at-risk youth, that's like, this is a long time ago. I had a charity that was predominantly made to give voice to the youth in merit that had difficulties even getting into the doors or getting jobs. Uh, racism is, is still, I mean, we hope to do better, but are we? I don't know. Look at the world today. I was so honored to have this, this foundation. And it was like I was drawn into a family of people. It's, um, it's interesting because when I started the project in Merritt and the youth that came that wanted to work and the talents and the family dynamic was just so much like my home. We shared food. We never worried about who had what. It was lunchtime and everybody just got to the table and whatever everybody had, you put it in the middle. It was like we always had peanut butter in the fridge or somebody would bring salmon. And even when there wasn't a lot of money in the stipends, everybody always shared or they shared their talent or they shared a wisdom or they were willing to teach how to fish. So as I was teaching how to paint, my beautiful, beautiful Indigenous friends were teaching me how to feel part of a community. And maybe that's the secret is I've, you know, I lived in a small town where I was born and raised and didn't leave till I was 35. So understanding what it felt like not to be connected to that community that I moved to. When I started painting Heritage, I got to meet the people that helped build that community and they adopted me. Vernon adopted me like the wayward child and I, I, it was like from the minute I started painting all of the histories, I had a place at the table. That was a beautiful thing. It goes on to say, most have never held a brush these youth, yet by the project's ends, they will not only have acquired practical experience in the creative arts, but more importantly, they will have gained valuable life skills, trade skills, community bridging, and the confidence they can draw for years to come of people who care about them, will check in with them and become family. Through the auspices of the Wayfinder Project, the creation of large wall murals are to be strategically located in high traffic areas within rural communities. They can be promoted as tourist attractions, encouraging visitor and tourism travel through the provincial transportation corridors and building connections among chosen communities through thematically linked storytelling. Well, this was 2010, and that seems to be the tourism Bible now. Back here, I was innovation, and I was doing a design, and I'd stand in front of ministers and, and premiers and prime ministers and, and other politicians and community leaders, and they'd all look at me and go, what are you going to do? You're going to put murals all over? Why do we want that? 
I said, because we'll have destination mural town and people will drive to each one and communities will have jobs and we'll help build the infrastructure because we can get other funding, less like a coal mine and you can, you know, procure the people and bring the people together and we can have murals of all nationalities. Oh yeah, well, I don't, we don't think that could ever happen. I'm going, no, the arts can build an economy and, and that there can be, you know, postcards made out of it and jobs for other people. Yeah, well, they didn't believe me. This book proved that we got to the table, but then maybe people just weren't ready. I'm not quite sure because now they're ready, but I'm looking in this book and it's like, well, I think that happened. Pretty excited now that we have the digital side with our app that we soon hope to launch because the future belongs to those who believe. Thousands of people believed in me. We're now standing today and again I'm looking at this page, the new page, I'm on page 11. And now you hear, what is those murals about? Well, were they colonial and thematic? Were they that? And I'm like, well, you know, they were pictures of the past. If you're painting pictures of the past, the past doesn't always reflect. It's going to reflect things that we hope we've grown from. But the committee at the time wanted authentic photos of in that place. We fought really hard. We have a multicultural wall, ginormous wall. It's huge that we convinced the federal government to let us paint on. So it's this amazing picture because we were trying to paint murals of Chinatown and the beautiful stories of the people. And we tried to paint it on this one, the Freemason, Chinese Freemason wall, and it had calcimine on it. So as much as we painted it, it would just fall down. It would just wash off because it couldn't adhere. And so we gave up and um, we couldn't find another wall. And we were very much about being authentic, but at the time I couldn't get anybody to give us another wall. So we all worked really hard together. Um, woman I worked with, Sharon Van Buren and Liz Allardyce and Eric Fossey, all these crazy incredible people said, well, we'll do one great big one on this massive wall, get permission from the federal government, put a giant Canadian flag on it, and we'll try to find every first family. I mean, of course, our indigenous people are the first family and the first people. And then we, so we put them in the middle. We had indigenous artists with us. And then we just kept adding the welcoming of all who came to the town site of Vernon. It's a pretty incredible piece. There's a, a Chinese dragon in the corner and the clothing and then the crew painted fabric all along the bottom, whatever it meant to them. And so some people who couldn't paint the large parts could paint the small parts. Visually from far away, it is so beautiful. And then up close, it has stories to tell. Each thread had a story to tell. And I can't tell you of the hundreds of pictures that got dropped off from every nationality, war medals and letters. And it, every day there would be like these gifts that just would show up and we would just tidy them off and give them to the museum and just learn. And the youth would sit there and go through things that they never would have experienced ever if they weren't every day, four months in front of that wall. Here's some things that participants say. I entered the mural project into a world of social and emotional support, an environment that encouraged and supported my redevelopment, structured a proper social attitude, and drew me out of my shield of social separation. His name's Shane. Kim says, 
I now have the confidence and motivation to do everything I can physically and mentally do. I am no longer lost and afraid, but I feel I am found and ready to live. Shelley, this job taught me about teamwork. The mural, crew, the mural crew became like a family, and I learned how to become reliable and a good team player. Johnny Reed, yes, the musician. As beautiful as the mural is, it doesn't compare to the beautiful things it has done for the community. The Wayfinder Project is a powerful tool. Michelle is helping to make this community and the world a better place through the kids and her work. Those are just a few, and it's it's. I'm sitting here looking quite misty-eyed as I look at country stars and youth of all nationalities. Peter Blundell, past president of Heritage Society of BC. I believe the murals help make local residents more aware of history, and they become an economic asset because they draw tourists to the area. It gives credence to the past, and if a community believes in its past, it will benefit in the future. Phoebe Arshakin, one of my dearest friends. We are getting rid of some of old stereotypes by showing the residents of the area that youth can carry out a project from start to finish and make the world a more pleasant place while they're doing it. One of my favorite things was that um, when I met Phoebe in Merritt and she wanted a job, she was like, you're the first white person I ever worked with. It was so funny. Her and I laughed. It was just, and we would just laugh. And yes, those things were new. And, and I mean, I consider her a daughter. And um, those are beautiful things. Premier Gordon Campbell had to say about it. This isn't just paint on the wall. It is paint that reflects the spirit of a community. It reflects the broad sense of what a community has to offer. And it reflects the strength of the young people that are coming into this mural program. I think it works because young people feel connected to their community. Those are pretty powerful words as well. There used to be this term, youth at risk, and now I see it, seniors at risk. And I always think, it's not those that aren't attached to our community that are at risk, it's those that are in the system that are at risk if they can't see it is their job to share. And I mean, running our communities is hard work and I give them many kudos. Our teachers work very hard. But sometimes you forget in that box to open the windows and there's people who can't get in or they have learning disabilities. Extremely creative people who are visionary thinkers and creators don't fit in that box, but they're the creators. They're the ones with the innovations. Look at our new digital world. You know, all of that is so important. But for those who have insight and imagination, the opportunity of muraling, it's an incredible thing. It's not just decorating your walls. It's like the benefits are so, you know, you can just go and put murals up. And I see many communities that are doing it. It's becoming commercial. And that's good and bad. And I appreciate the commercialness and, you know, but until there's a fund that all those murals and all of that work goes back to a fund that continues to help those that are not opening the windows, I think that society will always struggle. The most proud I am is that as I'm turning this page to the end and it says, the Wayfinder Project, call us to be part of our emerging canvas. 
it's pretty, you know, incredible what happened. And now it's my job to tell people what happened and to share those walls were people of all nationalities. There were people who were painting really sad stories of the past that were from another part of the world. And we all learned together. And I think that's what's so important is that we still keep those doors and windows open for our communities. The arts are now becoming a powerful, powerful source. It can help build housing. Imagine senior homes that are old apartment buildings that creative seniors have a place to create in the extra bedroom and downstairs is a gallery where they can make extra money selling their art, selling their crafts. And that could become a job for us very creative seniors that are needing that, needing the extra income, having youth work and teach digital skills, that innovation. And so many people might think I'm a muralist. I'm going to end this podcast with the fact that I think I was an architect. Architect? Architect. Architect. Ar That's a funny word. It's kind of like being an architect, but it's using art. And maybe it's just being a wayfinder and finding a way for me to teach my children. I didn't have a really successful high school career. It was really hard to feel disconnected. I was... um definitely different and my family had some things to go through and small towns are hard and I wanted to be so creative and I wanted my children to have a path of many choices. Both my children have been extremely successful. My son runs many successful businesses and my daughter, she homeschools her kids. She's a, a nurse and a fertility nurse and now an educator and she's making her way with her children and watching these innovations have been incredible and I can only stand back with this compass this beautiful paintbrush my sword in my hand and think of all those thousands of kids who are now you know with the dual paintbrushes of maybe the wayfinder education and finding a path to their community that we can be innovative in how we have our communities and how to find our way so if you're interested you could go meander on our website and um, kind of look at what the Wayfinder project and being a Wayfinder is. And um, when you're looking, imagine yourself. How have you found your way? What things helped you? Was it sports? Was it a sport team? Was it hockey? Was it many things? Horseback riding? Um, there's so many things that help people. And for me, my dad, a very wise man, said, if you keep your hands busy, the addictions and the sadness and all those things go away because you're so busy moving your hands and creating that your soul can relax. Thank you for listening to Art Root Radio on my wall. Welcome. You've just become a wayfinder. As I sit here reflecting this book, this publication that happened that started so long ago, it is amazing to me to recognize all of the people and the systems and the government and the education and the teachers, all of the different organizations, open learning, um, the regular mainstream education, universities, colleges, trades, organizations. Wayfinder has touched so many 
hands. And I guess if you look at beads on a necklace, there's been many beads that have cross connected like our buoy project. My mother taught me that you should have and welcome everybody at your table, no matter their voice, no matter where they're from, what they look like, how they think, how they learn. And that together, the recipe that you can create, while well, that recipe, if you can only imagine, is an education system that uses our communities, our communities as the school. A box learning situation is good for so many, but we have to open those windows so that we can climb through into the fresh air, let the fresh air come through and create a braided path, just like the braided path of all of us, our incredible indigenous people, the lands that we live on that were graced to rent but we all rent this space from Mother Earth, from the major creator. And I, I just sit back and I'm looking through these pictures and I see, you know, non-traditional support in, in ways that, you know, like even up to right now, I've been funded by the government. The province of, of BC has been so supportive. We've done regional projects. And right now we're at the precipice of 25 years of work right now is this recipe that so many communities are reaching out to me for. You can form the path, you can form the highways, but until you engage the people to stir the recipe and to add the ingredients, well, all you have is a recipe. So how about stay tuned because right now every one of those stakeholders are still coming to the table, stirring that big bowl, cutting the salad, cutting the tomatoes, sharing food, sharing how to grow food. It's not just about murals that my mural projects were about. That was just the stories left behind. There was environmental rock projects formed. There was, I can't even explain the social paths that were entwined. So think of the murals as what was left behind, but look deeper for the recipe because imagine this. So many people, cross ministries, cross systems, cross education, all met on a wall, just like when we were cave drawers. Imagine. Now I want you to listen to the song by Tanya Liscombe that she lends to us because her voice is so powerful and we will all come together at one table to heal and move forward. Come together in harmony. 
Water is life, hey, hey, hey. Water is life, hey, Water is life, hey, hey, hey. Water is life. Woven together, interconnected, our blue roots need to be protected. Artists and healers, wheelers and dealers, elders and children, let us rebuild these relations between nations and the bodies of water that cradle them. Respect for the prospects of the people that nurture our native land. The roots of blue like a ribbon are woven through, through the lands of our forefathers and mothers, and now for our sisters and brothers. is life, hear a cry, we won't stop until the water runs dry, water is life, stop and hear, we won't be deterred by anger and fear, water is life, hear a plea, we stand protecting peacefully, water is life, understand we will fight for the rights of our water and land, water is life, hey, hey. Hey, water is life, hey, hey, hey. Water is life, hey.